0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 212 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and I can't believe it's already the end of June somehow, but today is the first day that it really felt like summer in Florida. I mean, it's been hot, it's been sticky, it's been uncomfortable, but today, oof, it just felt depressive. I just came home from the office sitting to at a stoplight, which you know are eternal in Florida, sitting on the Harley going man, AC would feel really good right now. But like the the heat and humidity is trying to keep you from moving or breathing. It's just that oppressive. But adding to that, to the frustration that we've already been dealt with in 2020, I'm just here to say take a moment, relax, chill, and be nice. Because as we wrapped up our current series this week, which was aptly titled What Really Matters, I hope you've had a chance to focus on the things that really matter like I have. If we could use anything right now, a heavy dose of pausing to love sounds like about the right dose for probably a, quite a bit of what is ailing us at this time, individually, together, as a country. So just take a little time, pause to love. And, and first off, I want to start by saying that I really enjoyed, Jeff, I enjoyed your message this week. Somehow, some way, I don't know how you do it. But Jeff always has a personal story that seems to fit just right into the topic and message at hand. So I don't know if you don't – like do you not tell these stories (laughs) – at other times and just wait I, for like, oh, no, no, no. That could be a sermon he illustration.
1: Went, he, he, make, he makes them up as he what needs the, them. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to Andy, it would be
2: I just make them up as I go. Is <laughs> a, tr- a true story. It's a true yeah. story.
0: Uh-oh. No, it was a great story. The story of your dad's Mercury Dimes collection. And it, it didn't disappoint because every time you preach, I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for the Jeff story that I haven't heard yet. So if you missed, <laughs> if you missed this past week's message, swipe up In today's show notes, for the link to our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace, where you will find our weekly messages, including Jeff's from this past week. Don't miss it. All right, and this week I was thinking to myself, all right, maybe it's time to pause to love. Let's 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 change everything up a little bit. So we've never done this for an entire episode, so we're going to try something a little bit different today. And every week we begin our wrap up of each episode with one of our whole life takeaways to give us something to consider, something to arm ourselves for the upcoming week, or just to incorporate into our lives and to help us love people into a lifelong friendship with God. Today, we're going to focus simply on the takeaways. And there's a couple of reasons why. Andy typically gives us about eight to 10, 30 there's there's a lot there, 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 there's a lot and, and there's a lot to unpack. and we've really tried to keep this podcast under an hour. It's been hard, but we've 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 tried. So we haven't tried this yet. Jeff kept the total this week to four, and even though they were a little bit longer, i think I think we can handle that many. And this week, if you have caught the message and if you haven't again, go back and check it out. But we were talking about transformative love. And Jeff had a quote that really stuck with me ever since Saturday. Well, I was there when we actually taped church this week, but I didn't hear the message in. I didn't hear it until Saturday. He said, but most of all, transformative love is a love that changes the way we live. That we don't just feel love for someone or even ourselves. It moves us to sacrifice. We share our hearts and causes a desire to learn and a want to care And all of our takeaways this week spoke into this idea that transformational love actually can move us and give us that desire to learn and want to care. That that to me, the desire to learn and want to care was so impactful. And I can't think of anything we need more right now in our world than (laughs) to desire to learn and want to care. I just I don't think there's anything else that I would rather um, be thinking about right now. So. Let's dive into the takeaways and let's see what we find out that's going to move us in the right direction. In the story of the Samaritan who who cared for the Jewish citizen in Luke chapter 10, we find Jesus trying to help us understand that just as one person's idea of hatred can sow seeds of prejudice, so one man's act of kindness against that hatred can sow seeds of reconciliation. What groups of people today are showing mercy? And what acts of kindness are going on right now that would make us think differently about our own perceived preconceived ideas of them? That's a loaded mm. that, that's a loaded right <laughs> there. But that is Yeah, makes,
1: see I said four questions, but there's like five questions <laughs> in that right there.
0: <laughs> Great, I just noticed that now. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> but but that made it really Really deep and personal, and that really challenges us to stop and and not just not just gloss over this, but to really consider who and what are we sowing to ourselves, our families, and to the world around us if we really are going to look at this the way Jesus portrayed this story. That that you can't just you can't just read this and walk away and not take it to heart. I don't think can you?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because that statement. I think I said a little bit later in, in terms of even trying to figure out ways to love intelligently. And I and I know that that's always different for everybody when you say so, you know, something like that.
0: But sure, yeah.
1: I very rarely look at the relationship with my wife and think of it in terms of how it used. You know, I, I, we are so different now than when we first got married. And the reason be, is not because... She's loved me more, and that's just made not not to say that she hasn't. she's she loves me, and and i'm I'm grateful for her love for me. But I think what it is is it's over time, we just learn so much about each other. And I think giving given the fact that we have experienced time together makes us better. Able and suited to love each other more, and mm. I and I don't think we give that as much recognition as we should, especially in, ter- in terms of this aspect of racism. Is literally spending the time that it takes to try and understand each other. We, most of the time, we dig our heels in and we create defensive
2: maneuvers sure, rather yeah.
1: than, than trying to figure out ways in which we can, you know, come together. Andy, Andy, uh, when we were first. I don't even remember, I think it was like when I first started coming to this church years and years ago, we're talking 20 some years ago, and Andy gave a sermon on common ground. And I still remember it in terms of it being a mantra about the way in which we need to look for, you know, our our mission is loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. And the way you do that To make it lifelong is to really, truly spend time and experience and empathize and learn those things. So, yes, so that my question was kind of turned around. That first question was, who's doing that for us? In other words, who's who's on the other side loving? Because I think that's the piece that Christ was trying to get across was it wasn't the fact that you need to do what the Samaritan did. But the Samaritans on the other side, and you don't even know it. He's actually not only caring for you, but he may have different thoughts about you. But they don't they don't think about that. They only think about maybe I should love him more, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that gets overlooked in the story a lot, because I think your exact words were we call it the story of the good Samaritan. We don't even think about it. The opposite of digging in our heels sometimes, I think, which that has its own set of issues. But. Mm-hmm. On, the, on the flip side, I think we just yeah. we become very passe about things like, oh, yeah. it's still the story of the good Samaritan. Now, I'm not saying everyone that's saying that is doing it through some deep seated, you know, oh, well, yeah. Are there any good Samaritans? I mean, you know, but you, you, I think you said we actually found one like, hey, there could only be one yeah. or, or like <laughs> we're surprised that we found one. And then when you say it that way, it immediately makes you think. Well, who is, because we, I know we all have our Samaritans now, whether you want to, how deep this Samaritan or how much that hate, or if it's just a dislike, or it's just a, I don't know anybody like that. I mean, there's, I think there's differing degrees and levels of that, but it really makes you stop and think about how do I view people and especially stop and think about that person or someone that you just don't care for. You just don't get along. You don't, you never just, no matter what you do, you, you can't seem to find any synergy, Woof! What is it about that, and how can I change that perspective?
2: Well, I think part of it is to go since you know, talking about transformative love, it drives you back to First Corinthians thirteen and hmm, this yeah. description of actually behaviors, pretty much. Uh, some of them are more perseverances, but but you know, not rude, not jealous, not kind, impatient, and so there are loving acts that we can choose to do for anybody. And Jesus says, love our enemies. I mean, so you can always choose to portray some aspect of love and, and it is transformative. Uh, It really does make a difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, I had never heard it before that this story was something that was basically common folklore that always made the Jew, the hero of the story and you know, and then, <laughs> and then here's Jesus flipping it around to to make their hero the most hated. I mean, that is brilliant, and it, and it gives, yeah, I thought that was too. Isn't yeah. it? No, it, it was, was brilliant, it, but it got him killed. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, and <laughs> no, that,
2: yeah,
1: it it really was the beginning. You're right, actually. Go and that, and when interested. you
0: when you mentioned that, Jeff, I was thinking the same thing immediately. I'm like, man. Even in this, Jesus is willing to do this to tell a story in a way that not only helps them understand, but it gives it a punch that no other way you could tell that story would have the same impact to them to actually just lay it bare and say, wow, look at, look at who we are. And when you, you hear the story and you, you think about the culture that they were in and how they told the story, used to hearing the story, and they get it this way that had to be a gut punch of epic proportions yeah. to them. I really, man.
1: Yeah, I think that's, and that was
0: his point,
1: is yeah. here's a story that you all, under, and by the way, that's not, I wish I could say that it was my research. It's John Stott who uh, gave that, uh, uh, he did the research on it and gave a, that analogy of it being a familiar story to everyone. Yeah, I like it though. But, but the idea is that Jesus takes a very familiar mantra in a way you know and then he flips it around and uh, rather than using the jewish leader and that's the part that i think is what christ is trying to help us see that's the transformative part of this yeah is that when we stop and, and even though nobody wanted to make that change at that point at least the jewish leaders did not but when we stop and realize that our actions are defined by a lot by the the belief system that we have and that belief system needs to be rocked by a, like a, a gut punch once in a while
0: <laughs> well i thought it said a lot about the way jesus was the master storyteller because if this was someone that heard the story that was like why didn't anybody stop you know i'd like to think yeah. i would have stopped yeah. the story then is like man I should just internalize this and really be cautious and and be mindful as I'm out that if I see some kind of injustice that I'm going to put my radar up and I'm going to be better at watching out for this instead of the people who are like, I hate those Samaritans. Now it's a gut punch because that's the deep rooted part. So I think the way you receive the story you know, may say a lot more about the situation than Jesus ever had to say anything. He all he did was tell a yeah. story that was really not attacking if it wasn't pointed at you. And I thought that was also just very, just very awesome. It gives me a picture of Jesus that I can really hold on to and love that part of him.
1: Yeah, it, it really does make the story make more sense now when you start to realize this was folklore, and
2: that's why he used those two priests.
0: Yeah, yeah, Andy? interesting.
2: No, that's good. Go
0: keep going. Okay. All right. Well, the second one was, as we think about God's love being able to transform even the hardest of hearts, what part does belonging play into that equation for you? And I think that we look at the first part and we, we realize that there's some things internally that we have to do. And then this one really, to me kind of speaks to how did I get this way? Or how did somebody else get this way? Because, Everyone wants to belong and, and the difference between a group of people or friends that you know versus those that are family or I like to say chosen family, you know, those two things are miles apart. So this dialogue that we've been talking about with all the the racial tensions, the differences on, you know, what works in coronavirus and who, you know, politics, name anything you want. It, it all goes better when we've established the trust and the safety that we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Craig by having that open dialogue but how do we how do we help somebody that maybe doesn't well, have yeah. that belonging to find this this place because without it can we really take that next step
2: we don't belong without time spent together right yeah mm-hmm. um, you know i mean uh, i mean sure you can join a club you can you know you can buy not the, a sticker not the that same though. Part it's not the same yeah it's not the same no and so I'll use Rotary as an example. I joined Rotary, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, eight years ago. And um, when I went there, I, I, you know, I knew one person, basically, or maybe two in the, in the club. And there was not a high sense of belonging. There were multiple times when I thought, oh, I, I don't need to do this. I go spend I, I my time somewhere else. <laughs> but, but over time, over time... Going to those meetings each week, talking to those same people, you come to belong to that Rotary Club not just not just in name, but it's actually becomes yours. And I think nice. I think that's that the same thing is true with your friendships. I mean, we don't become friends with people we don't spend time with, yeah. and it's, it really the intentionality of making sure we, we're not in monocultural circles that just affirm the way we see things continually oh, that yeah. we have, we have to choose to say, wow, I'll, I'd like to be more of a Renaissance person than a monocultural person. And therefore I want to get to know X person. I want to spend time with these people or this group or whatever, because I want to bring them into my circle. So that hopefully eventually I'll get brought into theirs and belong there as well. Uh, but I think it just takes yeah. greater intention. Mm,
0: I like that.
1: I, yeah. I, as I was thinking about this, belonging is such a powerful piece. Andy's right. I I don't think that we can just join something by signing our name to it and expect belonging right away or at least <laughs> yeah. think that we're belonging. A lot of times it it actually depends upon… The individuals and the relationships you form within the piece. One of the things that when we were talking with Craig a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the piece that rang, and that's why I kind of added this piece, because I think it has such a powerful side to transformative love. It's really hard for us to move over to someone else and make them feel belong, belonging longing. Sure. if we don't belong ourselves, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: And I think, you know, that's the part, I think, where Jesus doesn't do all of this because he wants to show us how much he loves us. I think that was a really, really wake-up call for me, that he's not doing us all this. The John 3.16 text rings true on this in terms of, for God so loved the world. He doesn't say, God wanted you to know that he loved you. No, he <laughs> says, for God so loved the world that he gave. It. In other words, it was right, just all right. part of it, I like it because we belonged. And that's the reason it happened. It wasn't because he wanted us to get to think we belonged. It was because we did belong. And I think that's the part that was so powerful for Craig when I heard it. Uh, or for, when he said, you know, this is my church. And, I, and I'm thinking, wow, yeah, he, we need to help people feel that way about the community that they belong in. And that's yeah. our privilege. But we can't do that unless we uh, you know, consider ourselves as belonging to it as well.
0: Well, and I think it has to awaken something in us to also realize that we have to be careful about what groups we are putting ourselves into. Because there might, you know, even if you get into the group and then realize maybe this wasn't as great as I thought it was, maybe this isn't as positive as I thought it was, maybe this isn't really who I want to be. We also have to have the freedom and the wherewithal to say, nope, I need to remove myself from this. I, I mean, I think we've all done that in friendships where. You go in thinking that someone is this way or a group of friends is this way and you get into that group and realize, first off, this isn't good for me. Second off, I'm not really enjoying myself here and it's not at all what I thought. But there's this, you know, almost a pressure to stay because, well, you're the one that wanted to be friends with us. You can't (laughs) leave now. But if that's going to prevent you from bringing more people in, I I think that's something we have to think about because – Your next question was, when you think about past experiences, when someone not only sacrificed a great deal for your benefit, but also never expected anything in return, what types of feelings were you left with and what did it motivate you to do? And if we're in one of those relationships that we just don't, this is not right for us. It's not uplifting Christ. It's in fact doing the exact opposite. How in the world can we stay in it and then possibly hope to bring anyone else into a dialogue with us that creates anything positive. It, I, so, especially now with everything that's going on, and people seem more divided than ever and they're just not being nice. And you're like, how is this helping you, you, you? Even if you vehemently disagree, can we at least call a truce at the end and, and just remain friends? And it seems like it's getting harder and harder to do that sometimes. And I'm like, this, this has to be part of our thought process as we decide how we're going to do that. And, we'll, and cause we want people like this in our lives that will do something for us with no expectation of a return favor. Right.
1: You know, Randy, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of, truth but always you know it's like there's a lot of statements that have been passed around lately in all of this and they may be true and they they you know you could probably say yeah those are true statements but they may not always be helpful to right. the conversation right, you know? right.
2: yeah yeah and i think i think to go back to go back and i don't mean to harp on this but to go to go back to the to the practices describing love in first corinthians 13 um, we can, we can, we can choose to do those things. Uh-huh. You know, we can choose a person may give up on us. We can choose not to give up on them. Sure. Uh, a person, you know, may be rude to us, but we don't have to be rude to them. And, and all, all those things that, you know, the patience and the kindness and the long suffering and the never gives up. And, you know, I, I just, I, th- I think it we, we sometimes get it all mixed up with some kind of feeling as opposed to just choices of action. Mm. Um, we love the idea of doing some great big act of love that is known and heard and seen and that kind of thing and really uh, you know i'll give the million dollar gift of love uh really god gives us this unlimited amount but he gives it to us in like quarters
0: for us to to pass out sometimes don't we
2: yeah, we do discredit those, but those, those, you know, a quarter here and a quarter there and a quarter here and a quarter there, it transforms things that we think, oh, no, we need a million dollars here, a million dollars there. Uh, we, but we have to start. We have to start and invest in the little things and the little actions that communicate clearly um, a structure of love.
0: Yeah. Because then you're giving from a little rather than from an abundance. It seems to mean more anyway, because... You know, anyone can give. If you have a million, you can give a lot, right? If you'd only have a little bit, and you give some, it might even mean more. So we have can't overlook those. I I like that. All right, our last one is: What are the reasons why you believe God loves you? What are the reasons why God asks us to love those whom we perceive to be different than us? And I question. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but I question sometimes, or maybe too much, why God loves me. I mean. I'm one broken human being and I'm not under any false pretenses about how good I am or like there's not a lot of work left in Randy to do and I require a ton of his grace and all of his sacrifice. But the times (laughs) that I not only realize that, but I actually, I don't know, I guess I feel it and I see it manifested in my life. Those seem to be the times that I can be most empathetic, most loving, least judgmental. And when I can really love someone into a lifelong friendship with God and and start that process and go for the long term. But it doesn't always seem like I don't know, like if you just say, why does God love you? And sometimes I would shake. I mean, right now I can't just I can't form a sentence to say God loves me because.
2: Because that's who God is.
0: Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it has nothing it,
2: to do with you. No,
0: thank, thank you, Andy. Thank you. See, I knew. How did I know Andy could answer that sentence for me? Yeah. See,
1: Andy. See, it's actually a trick question, and Andy <laughs> pulled it out. And because the question is not if you know why why do you think God why do you think God you know, loves you or if if God loves you, it's not that. It's actually it's a it's a positive statement about God. But I, but I think it's good. It's a good exercise for us to go through. Andy saw through it, obviously, because we talk about this a lot, but, (laughs) but, but the point is, is that this is an exercise that we need to go through. God doesn't need to go through. God already knows who we are to him. Yeah. He already knows. And so the reason is because of, yeah, it is, he's God. And he, that is his character and nature. That's just, I mean, it's hard to even separate love and God, but but we need to go through that because when we go through it and realize that we're actually lovable people, I think that's the part that gets us to be able to love our neighbor. Sure. And when it's, when we do that exercise, because, you know, God says, love your neighbor as you do love yourself. Yeah. Well, if we, you know, if we don't love ourselves. So you're right. That was so. That was sort of a trick question. <laughs> well,
0: I think it's easier also to look at your neighbor. At least it is for me. I mean, I, yeah. I could look at each of you and I can say, Andy, I think God loves you because not because you're a pastor, but because you are generally just a happy person. Every time you talk to Andy, there's a smile on his face. He's always got an encouraging word for you. Now, I'm sure I'd, I've not seen every time when things maybe weren't that way, but as a general rule. That's Andy, and I think God loves you because (laughs) you bring joy to people. And Jeff, you've got a unique ability to look at situations and find creative ideas and be supportive and find a different angle than you probably haven't thought of something before. Those are two easy reasons. You you look at someone else and immediately go, yeah, I I think I know why God loves you. So maybe the other part of that is let's help other people see the reasons why we think God loves them, and they might go, wow, I hadn't thought about that. And
1: Randy – Randy, you have the great ability to making other people's answers sound really, really good. So (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm a good editor.
1: (laughs) So don't think you're left out of this, Grace. Yeah, no, that's
0: awesome. Well, I know we're going to wrap it up here. I know, Andy, if you need to drop out and head off to your meeting, you may do so if that uh, is a time requirement. I know we were a little bit longer than we wanted, but so how about you guys? Send us your questions, comments, answers, or insights. You may have taken on these takeaways that we just got done talking about, send a voicemail or text 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. If you are of the email persuasion, would love to hear what your answers are, or maybe a take, you know, you always find something different. This week, I learned a couple of different things that I just hadn't thought about before in different ways. And if you have one of those, we would love to hear them. Our final thoughts this week is from the final paragraph of Jeff's message, and I absolutely love this little paragraph. He said, why do I believe that God's transformative love can eventually change the way things are? Well, number one, because it's God. But secondly, I believe it is possible if we, one by one, start living like we all belong. We all belong. And with this pivotal paradigm shift, our hearts can be open to new ways of thinking and responding. Oof. Play that one. Just hit the 15 or 30 second back button on that and listen to that again. That's pretty awesome. And if that's the one that gets us to think and to learn, that would be pretty awesome. Okay. Our summer series is on the way this week, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact. Andy's interviewing a couple of our, well, actually four of our church members, and four. so we'll do one by one. Ooh. Yeah, but it's not going to be. I mean, there, there'll be a sermon for. I mean, obviously that'll be the, the the talk for the day. Each one, so that covers four weeks. Oh, gotcha. um,
0: with each uh, each of the four. Gotcha, so, gotcha.
1: Uh, I would give you the names of them. I can give you. I got them right here, but I think you'll you'll be surprised. It'll be fun oh, to Oh well, no no
0: to well, yeah, let's keep people. the surprise. What is the series yeah. about though? I didn't. I think I've seen it, but it's, I don't have it in front of me.
1: It's basically um, as asking them their life during this time that has been so unusual for all of us. Oh, nice. So it'll, it'll kind of highlight what we've all gone through in the last couple months. I mean, not just the, the, the COVID piece, but also some of the other pieces that affect us socially and, uh, and wow. even uh, racially.
0: Uh, Oh, good. I like it. We're keeping that conversation going. I like it. All right. Well, there's one more announcement. Are we wanting to talk about July 4th?
1: Yes, we don't know. (laughs) I think think last week we talked about that. We talked about the fact that we were going to open on July 4. But you, as you well know, there's been some uh, rise in some of the cases and there's been some of our own church members that have gone uh, have had some issues with covid uh lately so we want to be very careful so yeah. tomorrow we're kind of making a decision okay and at this point we're still up we're still we're still planning on july 4 but it's much more tentative than it was uh last
0: week so okay
1: Uh, You know, you have to play these things a little bit by ear because of the way things are.
0: So, well, there you go. I think, like Jeff mentioned at the end of his message this week, we all long to be back together. We all want to be back and be able to see each other and be by each other. And that may happen on the fourth. It may take a little bit longer, or a little bit longer than that. We don't know. So, stay tuned. Yeah, Yeah, obviously, if you watch church each week, you'll see it. Obviously, we'll make any announcement here if there's anything. Just a quick
1: plug. Yeah, uh, Some really good things have happened regarding uh, what we call life groups. We're calling them life right, groups yeah. uh, starting right now. And there's a lot of interest, more interest than we've ever had before in this church. So um, those will get started this next week. We're going to start uh, getting leaders together. We've already got quite a few. And so you'll see, actually, hopefully by next week, there'll be some groups to join, right. and, uh, and and uh, we'll oh. hopefully have, at least at this point, some time for community in that regard.
0: Great. Well, is there an online resource that they can go to to see what's available to, to join, or is this going to yes. be like an yes. announcement? Yes, there is.
1: If you go to the website right now, there is a small questionnaire or form or application, whatever you want to call it. Okay. If you're interested, you can go online. And uh, check under under groups or, or uh, ministries. I think it's under there. Okay. And there'll, there'll be a form for you. I'll go take yeah.
0: a peek for it as soon as we're done here. And I will make sure it is yep. in today's show notes. So swipe up, hit that link, and it'll take you on your mobile browser directly to the website and to that application if you're interested. And if they have any questions, they can email you, Jeff, or who do they who do they talk to?
1: Uh, they can email me at Jeff at wholelife.church. Okay. Or uh, I think there is actually a link in that same thing. In that same one. Uh, okay. that they can,
0: yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. I like the fact that, uh, you know, as long as we can't be together, why not have some extra interaction and some group planning? This sounds like it'll be a good time. I don't have to go check that out myself. I've been so busy the last couple of weeks. I've heard about it and I've, you know, I've, I've seen the announcements, but I just haven't gone to check it out for myself.
1: Yeah, you know if, if and also I was just thinking about it. If anybody is a coin collector or a stamp collector, give me a call because we may be starting another group because <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah, going through all my dad's collections.
0: We're looking for that. We're lo- and if you happen to have one of those Mercury 1916 yeah. Ds, it's Jeff at Whole Life Church. He'd, yeah. he'd really like I to make. <laughs> You'd really like to make that a whole set. It, right? Yeah, it's just, I think oh, and... when you opened the book and I saw that there, it was just like, it almost made your heart drop a little bit. Like, oh, there's a lonely hole in the middle of the page <laughs> waiting for its 1916 D. So if you've yeah, got the hookup, let him cool. know. Maybe he's in the market. Yeah. You're funny. <laughs> I don't even know what those go for. So I'm probably talking loosely with uh, the fact that you're interested.
1: <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's so funny. There's so many different. uh Grades out there. So,
0: anyway. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I hope you enjoyed just taking a look at our takeaways this week and. You know, if you've never really engaged with them before, I'm hoping that this is just an opportunity to look at them and go, oh, these are pretty cool. We could have the same conversation over dinner or after church or during the week. We could save one. You know, like I said, typically Andy's got eight to 10. You could do one, one save one for every meal of the week or at least every dinner of the week and, and most weeks and have something different to talk about based on church from the previous week. So that's going to do it for this week. As always, join us on Tuesday for Speaking of Grace next Wednesday, back here for episode 213. Thanks for listening and have a great week.